bring in the talkback fans that uh, you know, that were uh, were in uh, probably about six eight weeks ago uh, to to finish off the show. We got uh, Pat Langdon, Terry Heil, Alex Heil. Tell Alex he can finish his wings. That we, we that Charlie had to buy. Go ahead, Alex. You can stay there. Terry, come on. Let Alex finish his wings. We'll get it. We'll get him on uh, after the break. Get over here. And it gives us great pleasure to introduce two-thirds that are here tonight of the Talkback fans, and that's Pat Langdon and Terry Heil, and uh, Alex will be here in a minute after kind of, uh, he gets his winnings down his, through his stomach. You kind of dissed uh, Danny Boyce and John Fasiglia there, Charlie, but that's okay. They're not here, so. I said two-thirds that are here. That are here. And, yes, the Danny Boyce, Jay Crone, John Fasiglia, and James Simonis. I didn't forget that one. There you go. Well, I guess and Matt McPeak too. Oh, yeah, I did forget that. John should have known that one. But uh, guys, uh, again, it's great seeing you everywhere. Um, you're there at, uh, at a lot of games that we do, and 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 more. And uh, you've been doing a lot of college games, and uh, you, the response has got to be great. It's got to make you feel good that you're really doing something good because we know you're doing something good. But uh, this, the post I see on the Facebook, everybody seems to love what you're doing. And uh, I'll tell you, like, uh, I just, from my own perspective, it's incredible what you guys are doing. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Thank you for having us uh, once again. Oh, wait, you know, we don't get to have you on enough. And uh, it was a, a nice avenue here tonight to talk a little bit about the professional sports that we don't really get to talk about. <laughs> well, let, before we do but that. I know, but, but we will talk high school sports basketball as we I'm interested in your your guys take on the Cleveland Heights situation as of today well Um, go ahead there I I think (laughs) the OHSAA has now been rendered powerless I on the one hand I get that you don't want to take the mistakes of adults and utilize those to penalize these kids but rules were broken right well, it, it, I don't know a lot about the situation other than they were in a tournament out of state and played two games in one day. Is that the violation? Well, well first the, of all, you got to back up. Right. They missed school. Right. They missed two days of school. They missed two days of school. They were final midterms, I think, were being okay. going on during that time. And if I understand correctly, they let the players treat it the same as people who missed because they were sick. So they were able to make the exams up. I know that part of the argument today was that when they looked at the total number of hours that Cleveland Heights has filed for for this year, because that's how they do it now, it's not days in school, it's hours in school, that the Cleveland Heights administration says that they weren't counting the time for those tests as part of those hours, and that was part of their defense that apparently helped them win. Now, there was also the issue of they played two games in one day which breaks another OHSAA rule. That apparently was not discussed very much at all today. Um, it, it makes the district well, at Euclid Division One brutal. Who, who is right? And it, I, so in the reseeding, I they assume Heights is they? number one? No, Heights, oh. they, they put Heights in at two and dropped everybody beneath them one slot. Okay. Did they, who, how did they do that? I mean, who, who made that decision where they got slotted? Well, I think they actually had a meeting about it on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And already had it in place. 
So it was the same same process that they went through without heights when they did the seating originally? Right. I, I think they actually, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Terry could probably tell you better than I can, but I believe that heights was voted on. Didn't they already have the seating before the, well, the they determination? Were, or the vote? They, they, got, they, were, they were ruled ineligible during the voting process. So I'm not exactly sure what they took, what they did with the voting process at that point. If if part of it included heights and part of it didn't include heights, I'm not sure. Um, but in what was revealed to the public on the initial vote, had not Cleveland Heights was not mentioned at all. It, it's uh, I, I, and, and again, I, I have no issue with Cleveland Heights themselves. No, right. I just think it's now an awfully slippery slope. Where how does the OHSAA enforce anything? Well, it, it seems to me that, and I'm not, I don't, I don't know what went on at the hearing, so I don't have access to whatever opinion he published. But if you can monkey around with the hours, that's one thing. But getting, a, get, getting uh, beyond the, the hurdle of two games in one day, I'm not sure why that wasn't well, you, bigger. Well, you know bigger what issue. the what the argument was. Ohio plays four quarters. In Nevada, they play halves. So theoretically, they only yeah. played four quarters, but twenty minutes. Yeah, quarters. Right, because in Ohio you've got okay. the five quarter rule. So their their part of their argument was, well, we didn't wow. play five quarters; we played four halves. Well, we played you know, four that, halves. That's kind of ridiculous. But I again, from, from, from what I've seen that's come out of today, the the two games in one day issue really had had nothing to do with today's hearing. Yeah. It was all about see they had they had conditional approval from the if I understood what I read correctly leading up to today and then what came right. out of today. They had approval because they had to call to get approval before they could accept the invite to the tournament. So they had conditional approval, but then were also given, hey, look, there's these bylaws that say can't miss school, can't right. do this, can't do that. Make sure that you're abiding by them before you do that. Was that was that post-LeBron James or pre-LeBron James, that rule? Well, I think a lot of this stuff of came tournament. in post-LeBron James okay. because <clears throat> – you, you, you also trip. have the, you can miss school, if, my, if I understand the rule correctly, if you're playing in provinces in Canada or states that are contiguous to Ohio. Not the word of the day. Not the word of the day. Um, but if you leave, if you go outside of that range, okay. you can't miss school to do it. Okay. The, que- the question I got, and that is, this was all brought up, they said, by their parents because the administration stayed out of it. How did they know all this stuff? Come on. There's no possible way. Yeah. No possible way. Oh, the parents knew that, what you just said, about the five quarters and whatever, and, and the hours and stuff like that. That had to be perpetrated by the administration. I have a I have a unique perspective on this because I played on the very first Ohio team that was allowed to leave the state of Ohio to play. They had a 200-mile rule. So theoretically most teams in ohio weren't allowed to leave in 1988 we were allowed to go to florida to play in the colonial baseball classic the can of worms at the time we thought it was the greatest thing that's ever you know ever happened and euclid went there for many many years now travel has become pretty much part and parcel to high school sports and the more travel and the more exposure that these kids are getting from not only ESPN and some of these other places, the temptation to do things that you probably shouldn't do is becoming more and more. 
And as Terry said very early on in this conversation, what the judge did today, not you judge, but the other judge did today, is basically said, you guys can do whatever you want. We're powerless to stop you. Wow. And, and, and the reality of that is, is it's only going to get worse at this point. I, I, I can't see, there's no way this backslides to a point where people use common sense. Well, because, because as we know, that doesn't happen in sports anymore. There's just no common sense being used. It, it, it gets to the point where anytime you implement, if, if they react and implement a different set of rules, further defining what a game means, then it, it gets to the point of ridiculousness that you're micromanaging every aspect of it. So, um, it, I think you're right. It's probably it, it probably neuters them e- even more. So next year when, when XYZ High School decides they want to go somewhere and it doesn't fit into the academic calendar, what's to stop them from doing it? But you, they, they can ask permission or beg for forgiveness. Either way, they're going to get to play. And, and So that makes for a tougher district over there. For in, sure. In, in Euclid. And oh. you know what? In, in all fairness, like Terry said, in all fairness, this isn't a knock on Cleveland Heights or their players. That's a fantastic basketball team. And, of course, you want you want to, when you're covering it, as you guys know, you want to have the best teams. Mm-hmm. And, and they are by far one of the best teams in the area. I just wish that in, in cases like this, that judgment would be used to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And it just, there is no consequences anymore for anything. And, I mean, I don't have to tell you, sir, you, you, you see it every day. So I, 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 there's a part of me that believes wholeheartedly that the book should have been thrown at these guys to stop this. Should have stopped it a couple of years ago when Ho- Hoven had a problem. They didn't do it then, and they didn't do it now. And now you're, now you're going to, we're going to have to make the bet and lie in it. And then, you know, Alex, that, that, that brings in a, a question about, really it goes, to, Terry mentioned at the beginning, penalizing the kids for something that the coaches or the administration did. It's like when a college coach leaves and there's violations and the guys that are still there playing are stuck with no bowl game or, or whatever. So what, what's your take on this, Alex? You know, I, I don't really like, you know, punishing players for that weren't there when violations were committed and things like that. And with the instant of way, because of how long things take, that's typically what they do. But, and I don't want to, I, you know, I don't wish any ill will towards any of the Cleveland Heights players or anything like that, but the rules were broken this year. So they were, whether or not they knew about it, took part in the breaking of those rules. So it's not as much of a retroactive punishment, which I would have more of an issue with what the NCAA does a lot versus punishing the people who actually committed the crime because they still went on the trip whether or not they knew that they were breaking rules they went and played and it's pretty at least with the again he said my dad said that the quarters versus halves thing wasn't really brought up but it's pretty well known i knew that all through high school because they have the same rule for football it's five quarters a weekend um and i knew that while i was playing so i i I find it hard to believe that the players were completely innocent in every part of this and you know if, if i'm osha at this point i almost have to just 
no one's leaving us at this point. I'm never approving anyone now because I don't want to have to deal with this. And, and, and then that, that gets into punishing kids who could get exposure that they're not, uh, not going to get. So. And uh, I guess I was ignorant, ignorant to the fact that they're paying these schools to go. I, I didn't know that that was legal. I didn't know that. And uh, well, apparently it is because uh, they, they got a big sum of money to go. Well, in a, in a, that's not always the case. This particular case, it may have been. But a lot of the tournaments you see, a lot of those showcase tournaments, the schools are actually paying the promoters. It's a, it's a, it's a nice racket. It's a, it's a good business to be in if you can pull it off. Um, but, yeah, that, it's, big, it's big business. That's, that's part of the problem. It's, it's ceased to become interscholastic athletics, and it's become a for-profit business. All right, we're at the uh, bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in the next half hour with the Talkback fans. This is WINT Radio, 101.5 FM, 1330 AM, and WINTradio.com. You're listening to Integrity Radio, WINT, 101.5 FM, Willoughby, Kirtland. Thick, deep-fried homemade dough with filling oozing with black raspberry, Bavarian chocolate, strawberry, lemon, apple, custard, or vanilla cream punchkis at Piaggio's Donuts and Pizzeria. Start Fat Tuesday early and try a punchki. Piaggio's Donuts and Pizzeria on Vine Street in Eastlake. Mmm, punchkis. As you feel the cool blades of grass beneath your bare feet, a subtle breeze stirs the green leaves over your favorite shade tree. You're sipping iced tea and basking in the warm spring sun, admiring the beauty and solitude of your landscape backyard. You weren't sure, but now you're glad you called Ward's Lawn Care and Landscape. It was one of the best and easiest decisions you've ever made. Now for the tough one. Where should you put that hammock? Visit wardslawncare.com. Ward's Lawn Care and Landscape. No work, no worry. Ward's. Think, think, think. What can I come up with for my kid's birthday party without the mess and cleanup and a place the kids like? I know, Atlas Cinemas. They love movies, and there's a party room for food and cake. Visit atlascinema.net to choose from the basic, real big, or super upgrade birthday party. Great Lake Stadium 16 or Diamond Center 16 in Mentor. Lakeshore 7 in Euclid. Eastgate 10 in Mayfield Heights and Shaker Square 6 in Cleveland. Atlascinema.net. Know the difference between your car's canooter valve and the muffler bearing? Join me, Joe Rossman, the motor doctor, and David Whitey, the motor medic, for Auto Talk and Travel Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. On Integrity Radio, WINT, the new 101.5 FM and 1330 AM. Welcome back to Mondays with Malta. John O'Donnell, too. We're live at the Happy Moose this segment along with about 15 minutes of the last segment, is uh, the Talkback fan, fans. And uh, we just don't get enough time to, to have them on the air, and it's great to have them. John, our sponsors tonight? Tonight's sponsors, Pepco, Jack Borky, and Eastlake at 440-946-3790. Clements Construction, Mike Clements, and Eastlake at 440-951-2033. Matrix Tool Machine, Rich Wilson, and Menor at 440-2550-300. Menor Family Foods. P.J. Conway in Menor, 440-946-3788. Forenza Stone in Eastlake. Mike Fimiani at 216-780-4938 in www.forensastone.com. Dubrovnik Croatian Home and Dubrovnik Garden Family Restaurant at, three, or at uh, Lakeshore in Route 91 in Eastlake at 440-946-3366. John Rogers, candidate for Lake County Commissioner 
in uh, November, the November 2020 election, and Jason Williger, also an attorney in Lake County and candidate for Lake County Commissioner in 2020. Charlie? All right. Um, about a year ago, uh, we uh, always do a, uh, we call it a bet, but it's, you're going to get a, as many rings as you can eat, if you can guess. Betting's illegal, of course. Come close to um, how many wins the Indians are going to, how many Indians wins that's going to happen in 2020. And uh, we always do it at the Broadmoor game. And it was funny because John asked you to to come talk back then. And I liked what you said. Well, Charlie asked us last year. Well, from here on out, you're invited every year we're involved. So we love having you there. We love having you be a part of that. We almost get a whole hour that that night, and uh, the story is all about Broadmoor, but we also pick how, how many wins the Indians are going to have, and congratulations, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. 93, was it? Yeah. And it, you know, it hit it right on the nose? Yes. Congratulations. If they, if they hadn't stunk against the White Sox so bad all year, Alex wouldn't have won, but they did. You know what so I was thinking did. about today, Pat? You're a big baseball guy. Also, if Clevenger wouldn't have missed two months... We might have made the playoffs and had 98 or 99 wins. Well, him, Kluber, right, Carrasco, and it's starting off. Well, it's starting I mean, off. the whole pitching staff yeah, is hurt pretty much. Yeah, 93 year. wins and yeah. all that. And all so that far, pitching. so good this year too with the pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, you had your wings. What, what kind of sauce? I went with the garlic wings. And how were they? They were good. Okay, that's what I always. I go garlic farm. So uh, I'm glad you liked it. And. You can tell people we are not Welchers. We, we, we pay off. We pay off. And uh, you look like you did in charm. All right, you guys, you guys take it from here, and uh, I'll, I'll jump in at the last five minutes. All right, I want to get to the Indians here, but before that, you guys covered a great game the other night, uh, Menor and Lake Catholic. So give me your impressions of that, of that ball game. I think Lake Catholic was ready. Yeah, last year, I think coming into the game, when you look at how the game started early, they weren't quite sure they belonged. They're, this year, they left no doubt. Um, both teams had played the night before. Um, I would contend that, you know, Menor's game the night before, maybe from an emotional standpoint, was a little bit more because they were playing for the GCC championship right. at that point. Um, but as we talked about earlier, very early in the game, Luke Frazier, who struggled in the first half in that game last year, I think it was maybe third possession of the game, coming down off the left side, hammered one. And I said he came to play. He, you know, he sent a message right there. He was ready to play. And, and Pat had said, you noticed the Menor guys, they were a little surprised by that. And Menor made some runs in the second half, got it to one possession, could never get it any closer, could never tie the game, could never take the lead. And then and, and Joe Melcheski, who was was our guess-who guy all game long, like he did last week, the previous week against Benedictine, hit a bunch of foul shots down the stretch to put it away. And, you know, Menor, ironically, had, had a chance, though. They, they had some open threes yep. in those runs and, and just weren't able to convert. Okay? Well, I think, I, I think it was a tale of a couple of things. I, I, I think fatigue might have, might have played into it. Um, Luke Floria had said that they they didn't really practice very well on Thursday, so they you know like Terry said they were probably a little spent from the night before. Um, Chad Rogers did not play his customary you know game. Seemed frustrated. Yeah. Um, 
I think playing against Luca Eller when he's playing as well as he did the other night will will frustrate a lot of people. Um, the dunk was fantastic, obviously, but I was more impressed with the the block because that chase was down. that yeah. the chase down block was really where I think you saw the entire momentum of that game right. switch. Um, and we had seen um, Luke do that last week against. Joe's, it was almost a, car- mm-hmm. a carbon copy. Um, I-, I think what you saw, and you know, Kristen Dimitro, we-, we didn't really get to talk to him much, but the job he did on Luke Chacon, I, I mean, he, just, he was basically rendered. Yeah, he just forgot you know, about the help side defense and just face guarded and really, really took him out of his game. I mean, he was in his back pocket the entire ball game. And you don't really see many teams have the ability to stop him and then have it be one guy doing it was was really yeah. amazing. He's got that he had the quickness to match uh, Chacon. Doesn't have the skills to match him, no. but he's got the quickness and the desire. So Alex, your thoughts on that ball? You know, as Pat said, the, the, the dunk really changed the momentum, but I think not to say Menor was overconfident, but Menor certainly wasn't expecting to be trailing the entire game in combination with the refs not being great for either side. So guys, not only were they trailing the whole time to get frustration, but guys were picking up fourth and fifth fouls on stuff that wasn't really, it was kind of ticky-tack, was there really a lot of contact there, things like that, to just compound on top of the frustration that was already coming from just never being able to get a lead in this game. And I think it really impacted Menor, especially when they were trying to close it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they up until that game had played well down the stretch. Lake Catholic played, we saw them play Holy Name during the week. And uh, that, that's a that's a good, good ball club. Quentin Richardson is one of the best guards I've seen for Holy Name. And uh, so they were they were a tough out. So Lake Catholic's playing well. Of course, they're running into Lutheran East at some point in that tournament. So... That's going to be uh, very difficult for him. Yeah, that would that'd be a district final matchup. They've won nine straight. They're playing with a lot of confidence. As I had mentioned to Coach after the game, they're playing with a quiet confidence, right? There, there's not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Now, you know, Luca Ellard late in the game when it was over, right, with about 12 seconds to go maybe, did get the crowd ramped up. Yeah. But they came in very businesslike. You know, they had something that they wanted to accomplish. And then from talking to them and talking to Coach afterwards, they get that, hey, look, we go into Viking Village and win for the first time and first time ever, right? Sweep the season series from Joe's. Beat Menor for the first time ever. But there's something else that these guys are aiming for. And and so I think they have it in really good perspective. And, I, and they think they also still have the open wound from losing in the regional or in the, in the district semis last year because they maybe got caught looking ahead a little bit. I don't think they're going to get caught looking ahead. Now, if they are to play Lutheran East in the district final, that's a tall task because that Lutheran East team is extremely talented. But when, when Lake gets contributions from Dimitro and Malcheski and Fitzgerald and uh, Davenport and Prainer off the bench, and their two guys play like their two guys can play, they're a tough out. And it seems to me from last year to this year, Frazier is playing more tough. 
Yes. He's, he's not backing down at all. And, uh, and he's, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's bringing that ball up. He's being, they're running double teams at him, and he's, he's handling it. So, I, I think his ability to finish at the, at the rim is what the biggest difference in his game this year compared to last year. Now, he can always get off the floor, but there's, there's situations where he's going two, one on two, and those guys are they're, they're standing in the middle of the lane because they think he's going to run them over, and somehow he shapeshifts around them. We, we talked about it. it. It's almost like he like goes right through them without touching them, and he you know lays it up and in. And, and he's does, got he got incredible touch around the rim. Yeah, and he, he does a nice job when he's when he's going. He's going down the lane, and he'll just pull up from eight ten feet, and he's got a nice soft touch. So, so uh, interesting. Now, your Indians. My Indians. This is a guy that's got an Indian shirt on every time we're here. <laughs> but I I. I I predicted they'd be in third place this year behind the Twins and the Sox. And that was before all these guys started getting hurt stretching in Arizona. What do you think? Well, if anything from last year taught me something, it's I was I had them, I think, at 88 wins last year. Um, so they wound up with 93. Offensively, I still don't see it. I just I don't see it. I don't know where the runs are going to come from. That being said, baseball is is a game of of home runs and and, and strikeouts now. So you don't really need those you know three twenty hitters anymore in the outfield. Apparently, it'd be nice to have somebody that you know one of us could you know recognize. That would be a good start. But Lupo's not back this year. Luplo is back, you know. Um, Ted, I, you have to be happy, though. Lonnie Chisenhall retired. He did? Yes, he did today. I, I thought he just kind of faded away well, with that's a hamstring. Kind of, that's what we call retirement when nobody wants to sign you. Um, uh, Domingo Santana has the potential to be a fantastic ball player. They should have got him three years ago when he was up for, up for grabs with the, the Brewers. But he's a windmill too. So they got Framel, they got him. You know, that's a lot of strikeouts. And you know, could they potentially hit, you know, 35 home runs apiece? Yes, they can. But you know, and Lindor hanging over their heads is going to be. I, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a soap opera. Yeah, he, I, I, I don't know where you come down on this. I come down on the side that he's kind of jerking them around eventually he's going to leave he's making them look like the bad guys is what i think he's doing how do, how do you think he's jerking them around well because i don't think he's ha- ever had any intention of signing here and then he comes out and he says what he said at that on that hot stove tour and i think the conversation just got away from him so then he, he i think he's making it look like he'll sign here Okay, but unless they come up with every last dollar, he's not going to do it. So he's going to pin it on that. All right, so is there a number in your mind, Judge, that if they could, let's say it's a seven-year contract, is there a number that you say, okay, hey, if they can get him for this, I'm good. If not, it's too much. I, I, I don't even get into the numbers because I, I, don't, I don't think it matters, okay, because all that matters is, look, Harper went and got – the last dollar he could get, and, and I was glad to see that the team won the World Series without him the next year. And, and and the guy from Washington, Rendon, I think, is doing the same thing. I don't care if he goes and gets the last dollar. God bless him. I I could care less, but 
I don't like it when guys pretend that, you know, I, I really want to be here. And, you know, like Jim Tomey said way back when, it's not about the last dollar, and then it was about the last dollar. I don't really care about that. Take, okay. Uh, okay. Take the money and play wherever you want to play. I don't care, but don't. Don't act like, well, I, I really want to be here, but they just won't do it. I'm not a Jim Tomey fan, and they'll tell you I'm not. But let's call it what it is. When you're offered $21 million more somewhere else, there's not anybody on the planet that would turn that down. I, I wouldn't, and I'm not, I, and all I'm saying is don't go on and say that, you know, I want to be here, I want to be here, I want to be Unless the last dollar is going to be here, you don't want to be here. And that's that's my my complaint about Tommy is he said, "Oh, it's not about the money. It's not about the money." Boom, he's gone. But that's but good, we can't good for him. we can't really. If it if it was like if he said it wasn't about the money and he left for a million dollars more per year, I, I would get what you're saying. But you know, if, if there might be a hometown discount, there might be a hometown discount, but also that doesn't mean the hometown discount is half of what you can make somewhere else. Part part of the problem. I, I agree with you. I think part of the problem is the Players Association. There's a lot of pressure on these guys. There's no way they're going to allow a marquee player like that to take a pay, to cut. Take a pay cut. They're just then, not. Then just come out and say it. Well, just come out and say it and be done with it. Okay? But they, they want to, you know, there's a lot of people, Cleveland Indian fans, sitting around hoping, hoping, and their heart's going to be broken when Lindor goes. I think he's gone at the deadline. Well, they, I, I think they better get rid of them by the deadline, or they're going to be left holding the bag. No, they got to hold another year. But, well, I know, yeah. but I mean, now's going to be the optimal right, time, right? Until waiting, because they'll be they'll get a the thirty seventh pick, you know, after the. So who cares? So if you're the Indians organization, though, Judge, is there a percentage of payroll that is too much to tie up in him? I, I think there's always that danger about putting it all on one guy, because what if that one guy doesn't doesn't continue to, to you know, exponentially get better. I mean, right. Obviously, he's going to hit a ceiling at some point. Yeah. But the injuries come in, and it's just it's a tough it's a tough prospect to, to put a whole bunch of money in one guy to tie up thirty percent of your payroll in one guy, and then you're left with the guys that that they have now. Of course, they're left with them now anyway. But, right. And so I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you do if you're the GM? Well. If- they're paying him seventeen and a half million this year, right? Wasn't that the arbitration number? To me, thirty million is about as high as I would go. So if it's seven years, two hundred and ten million, and he bites, good. To me, that's a legitimate offer. In this, now it's not Rendon money. I get that. It's not what some of these other guys got, and it's not year money. I, I understand that. But in terms of percentage of payroll, the whole nine yards, that's a number as as ownership. That I think I could live with. Throw it out there. Hey, we'll give you seven years, two hundred and ten million. If you said no, I'm sorry, folks. What are we? What are we supposed to do? We can't tie up 40, 30 or forty percent of our payroll in one guy. I love the kid. I think he's a fantastic ball player, and and what he brings to the game, and the enthusiasm that he brings to the game, is something that you can't you can't manufacture. It isn't something that comes around all the time. That being said, there's no way on God's green earth I would give him $300 million. No way, no how. And if he can get that on the open market somewhere else, then you've got to let him ride because you, you can't, you just can't do it. Well, he'll get it. Yeah, he's going to get, get it. it. But so, I'm just saying, you can't, you can't feel beholden to that 
it just it's just not a reality okay, so, here. So the the, the, Do- the Dolans are damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because they come out and they say 210 for seven years. Mm-hmm. He's going to say no immediately, and, and the Dolans will be accused of lowballing them, right? Well, Inevitably. But you're going to get that anyway. Well, well, which, you are. So there's, it's a no win. In my personal opinion, I'm going. This this is just me personally. I'm not saying the national, you know, the, the public will do it or the fans will do it, but. I'm going to reserve who's the bad guy, so to say, till we see what he eventually signs for. You know, if he signs for three hundred and ten million dollars or three hundred million dollars or whatever, then I'm gonna then I will totally be with the Dolans and say, you know, there's nothing they could have done to sign this guy that makes any sense whatsoever from a baseball perspective. If he signs for two hundred and ten million dollars somewhere, then I'm gonna be mad at the Dolans for not trying to pay this man especially when they're doing they made all these cost-saving trades this year to supposedly try and bolster the roster and you know and, and save players and they've just pocketed it so far he, he's he's what 26 now 27 27 and he talked about playing until he was what another 12 years is, is when he was talking for that 12-minute conversation he had so he's looking for that rendon uh, harper length yeah so. and that's where baseball is off the rails Bryce Harper, nice player, and a fan, you know, sells sells tickets, sells jerseys, sells all those things. He he doesn't deserve Mike Trout money. And that's where he's at. He's in that he's in that neighborhood. Rendon, it, a great player. Fantastic player. So what does that tell you? That's what I'm saying. He's I mean it's, get it. it's, it's he's kid, get he's it. absolutely getting right. So all of that being said, if he is on the roster. At the end of next year, there's a problem, right? If if he hasn't accepted your offer, right, if you've made an offer, he hasn't accepted it, and short of them winning the World Series, if he's still on the roster in the postseason next year, there's a, in my eyes, there's a problem. But that's... Now, I don't know. you're, You're now starting to hear stories that all of the supposed talk that took place over the winter of people wanting to deal for him was smoke screens. Okay, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But if you know you can't sign the guy, right, you can't wait until that last year is in motion right. to try to make a deal for him. But now, again, that, you win the World Series this year, I think that gives him a pass. That gives him a little bit of time. Okay, we kept him. Look, we folks, we won the title. This is what everybody wanted, right? And, and that's why, and I'll, we'll get you in a minute, Alex, but that's why kind of nobody was really mad when LeBron James left. He came back, they won the title. You know, who cares from there, Alex? But that's that's the thing is you you kind of have to because the, the, you know the Indians still believe they're in contention right now. So until you get to the trade deadline and it's proved that they're not in contention, how can you really trade your best player if you think that you're in position to make a playoff run? Well, then they're then, then they're blind if they think they're in. They they may be in contention for the division, but. But, and, and I missed this, and don't ask me how, but apparently, Alex, what, what, what was the quote from Dolan during, during the... He wanted to thank the real fans, the ones that buy sweets. <laughs> now, he said that at the Cleveland now, Sports now, Awards. I, I'm, I'm actually very thankful... Who said that, Paul? I believe so, yeah. I'm actually very thankful that I didn't hear him say that, because I might have lost it. That, 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 that would have that, been very ugly. No, that, that, is, that is a gentleman that is a gentleman that has done nothing to help himself ever 
with his mouth yeah. ever. We understand people that 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 fans are irrational, absolutely, but we understand economic realities. We do. At the the bottom line is the bottom line. It doesn't change. But when you start saying things like that, people already dislike him, and then you make that comment. The people that are on the fence are no longer on the fence. They're rooting against you. And you, you, they talk about attendance. They talk about all the... They don't do anything to help themselves. Should they sign Francisco Lindor to a long-term contract? Sure, of course they should. Will they? Absolutely not. They've taken all the money they've saved. Like Alex said, they've taken all the money they saved this offseason and pocketed it. They... It's what they do all the time. Yes, we're going to try to contend, but we're going to contend as long as it doesn't cost us anything. And, and, and that's where that's where they've lost this fan base, I think. But, Pat, there's going to be a couple of more carts with that famous Indian steak sandwich that they serve. That's yeah. what they're putting the money in. Right. <laughs> we're going to have uh, you know, Chipotle. That $17 Cleveland steak sandwich, whatever it is. Uh, Chipotle uh, sushi and... Uh, I, all the I, other, all I, the other. I just hey, wait don't for go those. Captain Barrio. I wait for those bad Sugardale one dollar hot dogs. You might as well just take a bun and pour sugar into it. <laughs> that's what. That's what it is. Well, we got uh, we we got a couple minutes left here, real quick. Uh, are you still of the mindset that five and eleven you expect, and eight and eight you'd be over overjoyed? Isn't that, isn't that your isn't that been the mantra from a couple of months now? Right now, Alex and I are too we're too in depth with the XFL to even worry about what the Browns are doing. <laughs> it's a fa it's it's a really entertaining league. It really is. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it, it's pretty entertaining. Well, that uh, the the one quarterback uh, that's having a good year. I can't his name escapes me right now. Uh, Kid from Houston. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing yeah, he's, really well. He, Philip he, Walker. Yeah. Yeah. He looks he looks good. They may want to see if they can get Manziel in there for the rest of the season in Houston and see how he does. He actually tweeted the other day and said, come and get me. And yeah. then, then <laughs> Nobody him. did. Well, he's he's already publicly stated before that he doesn't want to be in the league, and the league has already publicly stated that they want nothing to do with him. Yeah. So, You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> but if they want to pay my kid, I'm all good with the XFL. That's so. right. So where do you stand? You're getting ready for... Uh, Pro day? What's what's the latest? Though? Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's pretty dead because uh, you know the combine is all of this week, and that kind of kicks right. off the whole scouting of everyone for the rest of the you know up until the draft. Uh, so right now it's just kind of training and working towards finding an agent, things like that, uh, and trying to get ready for pro days and any other tryouts or you know anybody with a law degree? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's kind of, it's kind of, there's not a lot of activity going on right now. It's just kind of training and getting ready for things. So any optimism at all from for the Browns for you, uh, Terry? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I Again, I I was the guy who had the governor on last year when everybody said 11 and 5. The 11 and 5 for me became, we're framing OJ, they're framing OJ, they're framing OJ, because everybody said they were going 11 and 5 last year, and I said, It'll be 9-7 and seven at best because it's the Browns, so they'll lose two games they were supposed to win, and they took care of that week one. Yeah. Well, it, 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 they, have to, they have to do something to address the issues on the offensive line. If they're able to do that, 
And if OBJ comes back from the surgery healthy, and Jarvis Landry comes back from his surgery healthy, and Baker starts to show you more of what you saw in year one than in year two, I think the team will improve from last year. Now, are they going to go from 6-10 and 10 to 12-4? and four? I have no idea. Well, 5-11. and 11. Eight and eight if things work eight, out, eight, right? Eight, the eight the good news out. thing, the, the good news is they've expanded the playoffs, so they're a bit closer now than they were at the end of last season. They have a better so. chance of being in the NHL playoffs than they do in the NFL playoffs. It's not going to be long before the NFL is the NHL <laughs> right. playoff-wise. Right. Yeah. So. So where are you guys next? So oh, it would be easier to tell you where we're not. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. So tomorrow we're at Baldwin-Wallace for there's a doubleheader first round of the OAC. The women's game starts at 6, the men's game starts at 8. Wow. Um, doing both. Yes, we're going to do both games. Uh, Wednesday night, the state kind of threw us a curveball with Cleveland adding Heights. Cleveland Heights back and then moving all those games to Thursday. So there aren't very many games on Wednesday night. So we haven't decided Wednesday night. Thursday night we will probably be at John Carroll for the women's game, assuming that they win Tuesday night. Friday night, probably will be at Viking Village, provided that they win tomorrow night. Saturday afternoon, we're at Lake Erie for their game against Walsh University, possibly for both games. The men's game starts at 1. The women's game, I think, starts at 3. John likes to hear that. And then uh, Saturday night will depend upon how things we could be at the OAC championship game uh, at BW or at John Carroll. We could be at a high school game. Because Perry will be at home Saturday night as well, so we'll be right next door if we're covering Lake, the Lake Erie game. So. There you go. And you, you could be at South Wednesday. Yes. That's where I'm at. No, that got moved to Thursday, Thursday didn't it? Because of the turn. They oh, moved, they, they, they they moved all of those games to Thursday night. Did John tell you that, you know, we, we were at Walsh covering the games, and I get a knock on my, my shoulder. I turn around at Tim. We can't go anywhere. It's funny cause and he, he tells me he was at the... Late game on Saturday, yeah. right? I'm yep. announcing. I, t- I talked to all you guys. I didn't know I was there. Yeah, he, he, he was in game face mode. He wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we are here again, and we have our district wrestling show, and that's always a great show. Guy Trinetti, Keith Manos, and John Camp. And uh, the following week is our uh, East Lake North Hall of Fame show, which is another good show here. And uh, so that's where we are for the next two weeks. You get the As lovely get, Jen Peterlin that night, huh? That's right. Jen Peterlin. Trying to keep her in the chair. Oh, my goodness. She is, she's, a, she's a riot. She's a lot of fun. And Well, it's 9 o'clock. We better get off the air. Or uh, Shout out to Scott Feltis of uh, Turning the Dials. Great job, Scotty. Glenn Fowler, you're the best. And uh, the people here at, uh, are like family. The Sally Anitas is uh, at the uh, Happy Moose. Thank you very much. Talk back. We love you. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys are great. Thanks, Charlie. Good night for now.